Hello, it's time again for another issue of the Driving You Crazy podcast or episode or program or however you want to title it that way. The show where we talk transportation, basically anything that gets you from here to there. I'm the co-host of the program, the show, the traffic anchor for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. I'm pedestrian advocate and also sailing advocate Joseph Peters, and we still are not covering enough sailing stories. All right, well, okay. I'm just saying. Bring some to the table and we can cover as many <laughs> sailing stories as you can find. Fantastic. We're, if we're going to cover all modes of travel, I want to make sure those sailing stories take top priority. We will not be singing sailing from Christopher Cross. Um, when I was growing up in the 70s, uh, my parents, you know, that, that, that kind of music, the Christopher Cross and that kind of garbage, uh, it, was, it was popular then. Okay. And I had to endure it. I had to suffer through it. You know how some people they they use uh, that heavy metal uh, music to, to where it makes them kind of violent. Yes, like those two elderly dudes that escaped from the nursing home. Exactly. Well, well I don't know if they became violent, but you know, you, there's you see a lot of violent tendencies with people who listen to that kind of music. I mean, it, it's just it it happens. Yep. I tend to get violent when I hear Christopher Cross or Barry Manilow. Mm. Um. Maybe even Neil Diamond. You're manic over Manilow. It's, uh, it gets to me in a bad, bad way. Mm. Big show today. Uh, we're going to hear later on from Denver 7 morning anchor and reporter Nicole Brady. She's uh, going to tell us about her husband, uh, the road rage machine, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Sheath has some interesting things to say about, about his behavior uh, while they're driving, and it sounds like um, she's somewhat scared at times. We shall see. I think I'm going to spring a question on her later too. That um, it it might it might go south, it might go north. I don't know. I'm going to spring the question on her and see what happens. Either way, a direction here on the <laughs> Driving You Crazy podcast. But first, a nearly foolproof way to keep your car from being stolen: have a car with a stick shift. Two Nashville teens they were looking for a joyride. ride. Well, they weren't able to steal the car they targeted because neither of them could drive the stick shift. The suspects, aged 15 and 17 were charged with attempted robbery, carjacking, theft, and attempting to steal a vehicle. Mm. See, kids can't drive a stick because no, very few cars are sticks anymore. It's just a bummer to get arrested for going on a joyride when you didn't even go on the joyride. No, they did not. Mm-mm. They didn't even make it. Uh, and speaking of a car you wouldn't want to steal, a police officer in England pulled over a driver who was driving a car that was missing a bumper, a side panel, and headlights. Oh, the trifecta. Well, it gets even better, because when the officer got up to the driver, he also noticed that not only did the car have a flat tire, but also the driver was using pliers, you know, those locking pliers, okay, as a steering wheel. Um, okay. And not only that, he was also sitting in a partially collapsed plastic bucket in the place of the original seat. I picture Fred Flintstone's car. <laughs> With a hole in the floorboard? A modern version, yeah. So he could just use his foot pedal or foot power to get it going? Yes. Um, yeah. The officer wrote the ticket for a number of citations uh, for the condition of the vehicle. That's it, not it, fair. No. That's not fair. It, he like, was getting where he needed to go. Like, let's write this guy a ticket because he has the saddest car of all time. <laughs> I don't, I, I just, no. They no. should have dro- driven him to uh, the nearest Rockies Autos and, and uh, got him a new car. But for real, man, show some mercy <laughs> on this guy. And you know what that reminds me? So years ago, my wife, she had this uh, Audi, um, and she had to have the front passenger side seat replaced. 
I, there was something wrong with the little electronics that make the uh, the motors go or okay. whatever because it was an automatic seat. Anyway, so they took the seat out so they could work on it. It was easier for them to take it out and then let us drive the car. Um, and, and so, okay. <laughs> but I mean, the driver's side was still, the seat was there. It was the passenger side's front seat that was gone. That's so super when you're sitting in the back, okay. you had a lot of leg room, lots and lots of leg room. That was nice. That was really nice. Did she ever, I mean, did you ever ride shotgun in that? Wait, wait, well, did, you were wait. riding shotgun from the back seat. Goo. Nope. Nope. Wouldn't do it. I mean, you have two kids, right? You well, can that, fit everybody that in the time, car. Uh, this was, you know, uh, before we were even married. But she had this old Audi. Uh, so yeah. plenty of room. Plenty of room. Away we go. Uh, when you book a ticket on a budget airline here, Joseph, uh, you have to accept some of the facts that, like, you're going to miss out on a few amenities. Because you're saving a few bucks, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, it could mean you have to squeeze into a smaller seat. You might have to pay a la carte for snacks, that sort of thing. Hopefully, you'll never have to endure a, notch, uh, a noxious, dirty sock smell on a flight like that. Um, some passengers aboard a Spirit Airlines flight had to endure such a smell. Smelled like teen spirit. No, even worse. Mm. The stink was so bad, the plane actually made an unexpected emergency landing. It went down on a Fort Lauderdale-bound flight out of New York's LaGuardia when a mysterious and potent odor, similar to that of rancid, dirty socks, caused at least 10 of the 220 passengers... To experience, get this, chest pains and complaints of burning throats. <laughs> I appreciate the specificity. It smelled like socks, not egg salad, not diapers. Socks. No, because they, they said it got so bad they had to divert and land at, in Myrtle Beach. Was it socks? Well, no, That but the, the thing is the, the hazardous materials people came on the plane because oh, okay. they, they had to evacuate the plane. Ten passengers were so sick they actually went to the hospital. And the hazmat people got on, and they, they went to check it out, but they could not find the source of the stench. Um, they didn't find a chemical leak or any substance they, they could track it down to. No stench source. No. So the stench, the source of the stench, I guess, is still at large. Ah. It's still wanted. Suspicious stench. Eventually, the, the passengers were put on a different plane, and off they went. Um it should, though, still serve as a friendly reminder that it's kind of gross to go shoeless, if, they, if that's exactly what happened, to go shoeless on a plane. I've seen that, where people have taken off their... Well, they, most, most of the time, it's just a flip-flop. But I, how, how can you possibly have bad enough feet on your person to get 10 people sick? Well, you remember that one guy who was so sick or whatever, he had some kind of disease that made him stench, mm. and he was stinky, and they had to make an emergency landing and... Was it Portugal? Fast people off. Uh, I, I don't really know what to say, man. I hope that it wasn't a person. I sincerely no. hope there was something wrong with the plane, and it was not a person who smelled so bad. Well, maybe it was the person that was emitting some uh, extra gas. That's even worse. Isn't that horrible? Because think about this. If the people are off the plane and the stench is gone, didn't it have to come from or stick to or be from one of the people? Doesn't that make logic sense? Yes. Yes. I've always contended that if you want drivers to stop doing something, like you want to end the problem of slow drivers camping out in the left lane, make the fine for that offense ridiculously high. 
I'm talking about $1,000 for the first offense, kind of high. Yeah, buddy. Like something ridiculous that, that nobody would ever pay, that uh, you would advertise the fines, you start pulling people over, they get torqued off, they call us, they call Denver 7, uh, Contact 7, um, and then they, they we do a news story about it and how high the fine is and how people are so upset about it, but they're still writing the tickets for $1,000 for uh, some... Left lane violation. Let me tell you what I don't think I don't think that goes far enough. I want him in jail, twenty four hours of jail time See? if you camp out in the left lane. See, and you can do that. You make the penalty just awful. Martha is not going to like jail. This brings me to a proposal going around Bangladesh right now, where the government has promised to apply the death penalty <laughs> to people involved in some traffic accidents as they struggle struggle to contain mass student led protests for better road safety. Yep. Liberals. <laughs> Break a traffic law and you get the death penalty. What do you say to that? Light the switch. <laughs> Where's <laughs> any last words? I'll take a ribeye, please. <laughs> now, there's been a bunch of protests, apparently, that have been going on. For a couple of weeks now, um, in Bangladesh, after a speeding bus killed two teenagers, and the protests have featured these students that have been demonstrating, and what they want is the government to regulate Bangladesh's chaotic roads, and the students say that one of the problems is that bus drivers in Bangladesh are not paid a monthly salary, and instead they earn commissions based on the number of passengers they pick up, which to me, sounds completely ridiculous because you have no control over how many people you pick up. And well, and you have no route either, right? Like I don't know. They if don't they have a route. I, they can't possibly they... give you an assigned route if you have, if part of your job is to go pick up people. That if you're not a, th- th- then you're a taxi at that point. That's insane. Isn't that weird? Bad Bangladesh. Well, yeah. So it, I guess they earn a commission based on on how many passengers they're picking up. So they're just, so they're driving fast and they're trying to get their route. So it's an incentive based. Uh, pay system there in good old Bangladesh. Now, initially, the government dismissed the students' concerns. They now have drafted this law that would make the maximum penalty for accidents caused by reckless driving to five years in prison, up from the current three. But the new law would also allow for the death penalty if an investigation into the traffic problem finds that the death in a road accident has been caused deliberately. Okay. So if you cause a death deliberately while you're driving, then you could get the death penalty. I mean, is that that much different than first-degree murder here, right? I mean, because that's still the same premise that you deliberately cause someone else to die. You could have vehicular homicide here where you kill somebody while you're driving the car and you don't only go to prison for a couple of years. Yeah, but if I it's run different. you over in a parking lot On and purpose? we had just gotten into a fight, that's definitely first-degree murder. I would say they'll go vehicular homicide. There's no way. Yep. Bring in the DA. Well, we don't, Yeah, exactly. Bring in. <laughs> let's go to the DA. <laughs> We're both legal experts. We should have this discussion. <laughs> now, since the start of these protests, tens of thousands of kids have been blocking roads in different parts of uh, Bangladesh, and the students issued nine demands, including this death penalty, for reckless drivers who cause death, the construction of, of more speed bumps along the major roads, but we've already talked about how speed bumps don't work. Right. And they also want the overall enforcement of traffic laws to be increased. And I, like we said, 
we probably need to also increase those fines too. Well, but I mean, just increased enforcement, I think, would be enough of a deterrent for some people. If all of a sudden all of your friends are getting busted for something, you're probably not going to do it very much anymore. Probably not. Well, here on the Driving You Crazy podcast, we like to help people out with expressing their emotions. Absolutely. Um, we like to allow people, if they have rage, to express their rage, and therefore they won't maybe take this rage on the road. Good idea. Joining us now to talk about some rage that she feels because of, well, because of somebody else, frankly. Not us. No, not us. <laughs> yeah. We are not the ones giving her the rage. Please welcome the lovely, the talented, the podcast number one uh, on the fan club page there, Nicole Brady. Thank you. Uh, yes, usually I find uh, listening to this podcast very soothing in the car. I recommend it to soothe your road rage. Ah. Listen to the Driving You Crazy podcast because you're right. It is a way to kind of vent the yes. anger in a different form and kind of get it out there. But yes, we've been talking about road rage a lot in the news lately. And... It brings up a long battle I've faced with my husband. Now, my understanding is that men in general get more angry on the road. Is that yes. right? Yes, okay. I, I, I think yep. that's true. Mm -hmm. Just because men are men and we're more aggressive in general. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that we do have more rage and we express that rage in ways by aggressive driving, fingers, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I... I okay. I'm already getting a little See, here we go. Over just thinking about it. Because you were telling so, yes. us one day that, that your your husband <laughs> actually does crazy things on the road and then and then yes. makes you as the passenger because typically when a couple is out driving, it's the, it's the guy driving. Is that the way with it is it, for you? Absolutely not. Uh, so your <laughs> wife does most of the driving? My wife does all of the driving. He's one so, of these new age yes, of millennial. Millennial, millennial couples. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so so most in most normal couples, the, the, the guy normal. does the driving and, and then the, the wife likes to do the sitting. That's just typically hey. the way it is. So you are, are a typical yes. couple. So yeah, he drives mostly, but when we're together, he often will honk at other drivers on the road, and I assume he does it when we're not together as well, probably more. Um, and, you know, it, it's, I guess I'm trying to get out the point that with any road rage situation, there's usually two people involved. It's usually, or maybe more than that, but it's always more than one driver. Usually there's a bad driver or someone who cuts someone off or does something that makes the other person mad. And then it's sort of up to that second person how they react to that. And then who is the cause of the road rage then sort of, you know, it depends. It depends on how each party then reacts in a way. Because what happens with my husband is we'll be driving and someone does something dumb. They cut someone off or they speed up. Is this your husband actually initiating? No, he, it's well, somebody he's, else and he's else reacting will do to something it. something that he perceives as bad driving. And yes, it usually is. It's usually a, a bad driver. And then he honks at them or he decides to start kind of following them. Or sometimes he pulls out his cell phone and drives up next to them and pretends to be recording them. So that they see him and think that he's going to call police on them or something. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what, what is any of this going to accomplish? This person doesn't care. No. There are two outcomes here. One, they'll, they just won't care. They'll keep driving and yes. they'll keep driving badly, most likely. Or in the worst case scenario, you've picked just the wrong person to, to annoy and they're going to come after you now. Just like in the Westminster case. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Where this, this crazy kid... 
uh, is perceived to have been road raged, and, and then and then and then shoots this family, right? Killing this boy. And and while we don't have all the details on that yet, what we can assume is there was from some witness statements there was some kind of incident between them on the road, maybe minor, maybe a cutting off situation, and then he was so enraged that he carried it out to that horrible, deadly conclusion. So which of these behaviors do you find most concerning? Is it the honking? Is it the following? Is it, or is it the cell phone recording? <laughs> the cell phone's the one that gets to me the most because okay. that seems like you're really trying to irritate the other person. You're trying to get them to notice you. In that, in that instance, he's trying to get that person to notice him. Um, when he honks, I, 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 that's enraging, infuriating because no, for from where I'm sitting, I figured no one, who, who, does he even know you're, he's the one you're honking at? What if the guy <laughs> next to you thinks you're honking at him? I mean, who even knows why you're doing this at this point? And I have to remind him, you're not a police officer. You have no authority to pull this person over. You can't fix them right here in this one instance on the road. You know, they're here, they're gone. And there, there there's literally no point to it whatsoever. I, I, I have to think he has never changed one person based on his actions. So is the honk, is it a long honk? Yes, he is lays it, is it, on it. It's not uh, the... It's not just like a two-second, no. it's, it's like this a four or five-second kind no, of thing? Yeah, it's, it's, it's lays on the horn. It's very clear that that he's been... You know, usually it's very clear someone's done something wrong. But if you're up ahead a couple of cars and you haven't been paying attention to what's happening behind you, you don't know who, who this person's honking at. I mean... It's, it just serves absolutely no purpose at all. Do you feel for your own personal safety in these instances? I do, because I worry about all these stories we've reported where someone has taken it to that next level, where there has been a shooting, or someone decides to, to follow you. And we did have an incident happen to us. We were driving in Albuquerque when we lived there. I was pregnant with my first daughter. Oh, no. And we're driving down Central, the main street there. And my husband did that. He, he laid on the horn at someone who did something. I don't know what they did wrong, but they did something kind of annoying. And, and he honked at them. And the guy stopped in a turn lane. that we, he, we had pulled into a turn lane. The guy kind of veered across to pull in front of us in that same lane, stopped his car, got out, and made a gesture at us. Like and an aggressive, like yeah, he was going to come not, at you. Not like he was not like he was going to shoot us, but kind of like a puts his hands up. What are you guys? What are you thinking? What What did I do? Um, and he didn't look like a nice guy. I'll just say that. <laughs> so we kept driving. We pulled out of that lane and just kept going. But my husband was so scared after that instant mm-hmm. that he traded me cars. Oh, really? He traded me cars so because we were driving my car that day. He said, okay, I'm sorry I did that. I feel really bad. So in, just in case that guy is still looking for us out there, you can have my car now, and I'll have your car. So you can be so, the one who gets so, a crowbar so to the window. And I'm thinking, you know, it was like a silver Subaru that we had back then. And I'm thinking, okay, I don't think this guy is going to be going after every silver Subaru in Albuquerque now looking for the person who honked at them. But... That that's the thing that's so incongruous about the whole thing is he actually worries a lot. My husband worries a lot about safety. He's paranoid about so many things, some of them that are very unlikely to happen. 
And then he does that and, and acts in an aggressive manner on, on the road where we know so many people do die or get injured in crashes. I mean, that's something that's very sadly likely to happen. You're so, not likely to be struck by lightning. You no. are probably likely to get into a car crash someday. Yes. And we know that lots of crashes. We just had this statistic on the news. One in 10 car crashes. Didn't we just say yeah. Deadly car crashes. Deadly car yep. crashes. One in 10 deadly car crashes is the result of aggressive driving or road rage. And they don't say who on whose part. So I have to assume my husband is, is the road rager in this case. And he is causing you know people like him are the ones causing some of these so has this ever gotten to the point where you as a loving wife a loving mother has decided that this guy maybe isn't the right guy for you (laughs) that this guy is gone now too far and i'm ready ready to get out have, have, have we gotten have we gotten to that point yet I threatened him with when once the kids were around to I said if you ever do this with the kids in the car I will divorce you. Now I'm not always there when he has the kids in the car. But he hasn't done it with me and the kids in the car. So he seems to have taken that seriously enough. I hope that For now. For now. And your kids are th- 4 and 5, 3 or 4. That's right. 4 yep. and 5. 4 and 5. So if if he with you and the kids in the car, had a lapse in judgment. Somebody just made him so torqued off that he reverts back to his bad driving ways. But it's bad enough with just you in the car, yeah. but having the kids and with the ultimatum, uh, are you are you ready to go through with this? Or, or is this just a veiled empty threat? It's, it's pretty much an empty threat, okay. I suppose. So hopefully he's not <laughs> listening to this. Um, I, I, You know, it would... It would be tragic if something horrible ever oh, sure. resulted from this. Absolutely. And yeah, I, I, I and, and something could happen. So I'm pretty much a, giving him a pass on every one of these and rolling my eyes and shaking my head and screaming about it to you guys and and screaming at him a little bit, but then just kind of carrying on because the worst hasn't happened. But it does You're not the only me. woman in this in this position. No, not and at all. That's why it's good to hear yeah. this because there are other women that feel the way you do, yeah. that, that do the exact same thing that you're doing while you're in the car shaking your head, right? being Look, upset. But There are men in this situation, too. Let's be clear. Like My wife is not a honker, thankfully, mm-hmm. but she definitely gets very angry on the road. I think every driver gets a little angry behind the wheel, and whether that expresses itself through yelling at nobody in particular yeah. in the car, which is like kind of harmless, or honking and following and behaviors like that, I think... You know, it's all a little concerning. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I've been upset in a, in a car before by someone else's driving or their behavior or whatever it is, or just traffic. I mean, you get mm. mad just sitting there and being stuck in traffic. And we all get stressed, and the road is a stressful place to be. Um, but you have to figure out some way to deal with it. And I feel like you, that is absolutely not the place to vent it. You're only making the situation worse. If you can figure out some way to channel that somewhere else, or better yet, just turn on the radio, turn on some music. Turn on the podcast. Turn on Mm -hmm. the podcast and do something to just decide none of it doesn't matter. I'm just in a car. I'm going to get to where I need to go eventually. And that's that. That That is 
all you can do. You are, it is completely out of your control and the behavior of other drivers is completely out of our control. I know you're a very busy woman. Uh, you have to leave here, the station, to yeah. go to go to a breaking news story in just a moment. Uh, but but before you leave, I, I wanna I wanna ask you about you being part man. You told me about a <laughs> chromosome <laughs> test that you had, and and what on, is this uh, a Jerry Springer? <laughs> this is, yeah, we, I'm, I'm pretty much springing this on you as Jerry Springer would. Um, and and. Apparently you okay. are part man. Well, I guess it makes sense uh, to bring this up when we're talking about the differences <laughs> between men and women. Does it? Drivers. Does it? So, did you know about this yet, No, Joseph? I've never okay, heard about wow, this. Okay, wow, this is a surprise. This is, this is I, brand I new to me. I did my genetic testing through 23andMe, and I was very confused when I opened up the actual 20, where you can go through and look at all 23 of your chromosomes, and then you have the X and the... Why? Well, if you're a man, a Y. Okay. And mine had an X and a Y, not an X and an X. I still am doing a little more digging into this to figure out why I had a Y, or if that's just the generic template they put out for everyone. And if you're a woman, there's no data on the Y. It didn't appear to have any data on the Y chromosome link there. So I'm hoping that... That it's just this, you know, dangling Y there that has no... Well, that's the but problem. It, that's it, the it question. Could also... You don't have the dangling Y. <laughs> <laughs> because you, you had, you've had children, obviously. I, I, I bore children. I mean, the, the and parts I'm, work. And I, and, you know, and I don't engage in road rage. So well, then, I, I couldn't be a man. I am convinced. You don't have <laughs> facial hair. You look like no, right. clean-shaven. A lot of evidence, not a man. Lots of evidence <laughs> supporting this. Um, but I will get back to you. <laughs> Very good. There you have it. Uh, breaking news. Nicole Brady, not a man, even though she has the extra chromosome. Um, thank you, Nicole, for coming in. Thank you. Thank I you hope it helps some story. people out there. Yes. No, I'm sure you did. Um, right. So thanks for your story. Yeah, thanks, and, Nicole. And, and we'll, we'll definitely send this to your husband. 100%. <laughs> All right. You be good, honey. Coming up, there are ugly ways to honk. And there are happy ways to honk your horn, but there is one super special happy way, southern happy way, I should say, to honk your horn. That and so much more as the Driving You Crazy podcast continues. and you're listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. People say, you get up at 2 in the morning to do this? You must get used to that by now. No, we hate getting up at 2 in the morning. We hate being here at 3 a.m., except we like our jobs and we like the people we're working with, and we have a lot of fun. We should probably sell tickets to the show during the commercial break. We couldn't air all that material, could we? But it's still a lot of fun, and we're just committed to making sure that, you know, you get your, you started off on your day correctly. So it's worth it to us to get in here before the sun even comes up to put it all together for you. Mitch Jelnicker, only on Denver 7. Every once in a while, something that people may not know is that the amount of dancing and messing around that goes on behind the camera, like right before we're about to go live, like a lot of times I will be ready to deliver a snow report and I will be dancing just to keep warm. And I just really hope the camera doesn't come to me early because one of these days, the people of Denver and around the metro area are going to get a surprise that will change their lives. Jason Grenauer, only on Denver 7.
Welcome back to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast hosted by two doofuses in a little room. Yeah, that's, yep. Basically, that's the way it is. Please rate and review our podcast on Apple or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, have long arms. And also, um, don't touch me because I don't like hugs. There you go. Uh, But otherwise, you can get a hold of us at uh, Denver 7 Traffic. And Joseph Denver 7. Just during that commercial break, uh, I was checking um, my email, and I saw this story come through the newsroom. It was from the Aurora Police, and the information from Aurora Police says that it, uh, well, it basically says that there was a guy in a pickup truck that he was pulling a camper trailer, and he backed up out of this parking lot, backed into a sedan. The driver didn't notice, I guess, or maybe didn't care that he that he, his the the camper hit the this car. And he drove off, and the driver of the car, obviously a little bit upset, followed the pickup, tried to get him to pull over. Eventually, the pickup driver did pull over, and the man uh, and a man and, and his wife who were in the car gets out to talk to this guy in the pickup truck. And I guess words were exchanged, and then the driver of the pickup decides enough of this, puts it in gear, makes a U-turn, and unfortunately, during that U-turn, the woman who was outside the car gets caught somehow into the trailer and gets run over by the trailer and then dragged for a couple of blocks That's awful. under the trailer. It's horrible. And then her body came loose, oh, and God. there were a bunch of other drivers and people who watched what was happening. They called 911. Police arrested the driver. And the woman who was run over was taken to the hospital, but unfortunately she died. But it reminds me of just what Nicole was talking about. That, but I mean, obviously, in this case, it wasn't a road rage. It was, uh, an, I guess, a crash in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a little bit different. But it it does remind me, in that sense, that there were these two different groups in two different vehicles who were obviously getting heated. I, I would think to make the pickup driver turn and leave. Right. Um, and it led to the death of this woman. You know, and that's that, that's what we're scared about when Nicole was talking about how her husband is is, is getting after these people and honking and, and giving gestures or whatever, pretending that he's recording them on a cell phone. I mean, that's how it escalates, and that's how it can turn it ugly, it, it, just like this thing. Mm-hmm. So just over a minor crash in a parking lot, this woman is dead. It's horrible. Yeah. Uh, so I can't remember what episode it was, but I remember a while back. Uh, we were talking about car horns, and wouldn't it be nice uh, if we had a polite car horn for times when you want to get somebody's attention without sounding sounding like you're just a total jerk? Yes, right. Because the way a honk sounds, if you if you if you really lay on the the horn, it, it's more aggressive. You just do the double tap; it never quite works right. I mean, but there's no honk that is not obnoxious. No. You got that's what you really need. You need a non-obnoxious honk. Yes. Like in my car, I, I push the button on the side and it gives you these three ding 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 kind of honks. You know what else is annoying? What? Bicyclists with their little bells to oh, let yeah. you know it's coming. There's no nice bicycle ding either. It's just one annoying ring, sound. Ring, yes. ring ring. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's a new invention that I think is brilliantly uh, solving this problem of the non-courteous honk. It's only available in the South for now, and I, and I want you to listen to this as I introduce you to the happy honk. Has this ever happened to you? The traffic light says go, but you're not going anywhere thanks to the car in front of you? 
You just want to get the driver's attention, but even the slightest tap of the car's horn is too aggressive. Oh no! Lucky for you, those days are over, thanks to Happy Honk, the greatest invention for southern vehicles since the monogram window decal. Simply attach the button to your steering wheel and voila! You're ready to politely remind drivers that other people are behind them, and you have places you need to be. I hate to bother you, but I think that light just turned green. Wow, wasn't that pleasant? The Happy Honk comes pre-programmed with a variety of polite phrases for all situations. Mind scooching over just a tad? I'm trying to get through. The Happy Honk is perfect for every awkward driving situation in the South, especially four-way stops. You go on ahead, sweetie. Have a good one. With the Happy Honk, every encounter is a friendly one. Howdy, neighbor. But hold everything. If you call within the next 30 minutes, we'll include the new Bless Your Horn at no extra cost. The Bless Your Horn is perfect for the next time you want to throw a highway hissy fit. Looks like someone just learned how to drive today. Bless your heart. So what are you waiting for? This offer will last as long as a loaf of white bread and a winter storm advisory. Get your happy honk and bless your horn today. <laughs> That's a loaf of white bread and a winter storm advisory. I, that is not a happy honk. <laughs> it's just, I, I hope these people would make a version for Northeastern drivers, like New Yorkers and New Englanders. Please. With the accent. Yes. Just like they did for that Southern driver. Because that, actually, she sounded more Texas to me than Georgia, Tennessee. Yeah, you could understand her, right? That's <laughs> the difference between Texas and those other states. Yeah, because I'd like to hear an Alabama happy honk. Roll Tide. Yeah, you know, you can, or maybe a, even a special version for California. See, but that's what I want is just like the the horn just says "Roll Tide," and I hear it and I look up and oh my god, the light's green! I should really go. <laughs> there you go. There's your million dollar idea. Away we go. Please send the residual checks. Fifteen percent is all. Well, we'll take ten. Um, I'd like fifteen. One twenty three Spear Boulevard, Denver, Colorado, eight oh two oh three. So you just got a speeding ticket in a driverless car, Joseph. You're driving your driverless car. I guess you're not driving it. You're just in the driverless car. Hanging out, looking at my phone, well, probably. Yeah. Exactly. And now you've been pulled over. I don't know how the driverless car knows this, but then it, or maybe you have to stop it because you just got a speeding ticket for the car speeding. Let's say you were going downhill, and it's a very aggressive speeding law there, and, and you were two miles an hour over the speed limit, and you just got pulled over and got a speeding ticket in your driverless car. This is a really realistic hypothetical. Yes. Uh, who do you think has to pay for that ticket? Me, right? Well, we, we keep talking about this issue. Is it going to be the makers of the car, makers of the program that drives right. the car? Is it going to be us? Who's going to do? Who, who's going to do it? Right. I mean, instinctually, I think you think you, you would imagine it. Whoever is behind the wheel should be the one paying the ticket, right? Because they're supposed to be watching and babysitting it. Well, to stop the uh, questions, one city has now made a decision on how they're going to handle these situations. The city of Queensland in Australia say they may create a new class of driver's licenses as they believe the definition of a driver will change with driverless cars. There's a professor at Queensland University of Technology who also happens to be the director of their accident research and road safety. He said laws and regulations will need to change before the driverless cars are allowed to roam on the streets of the world. Whether in, they're in Australia or the United States or Europe or anywhere. Definitely Australia before here. Let them have fun with it. Yes, because they have a lot more wide open spaces. Mm -hmm. Let them drive it in the outback. 
over to that big rock that everybody wants to go visit. Pick me up a blooming onion on the way. Didgeridoo. He says if you look at the situation, I'm just you randomly. Yep. Kookaburra. Kookaburra. Is that Australian? I have. Sure. Uh, he says <laughs> if you look at the situation where you drive an autonomous car and you get a ticket, who's going to be responsible for that ticket? Because the thing that needs to be changed is what we call a driver. Because deciding who will be responsible will depend on how automated the car is. Now, if the car is completely automated, then the one responsible for paying the ticket should be the one who programmed the car, you would think. Yeah. So I guess it would be the vehicle manufacturer. If the person is driving, then that person should get the ticket, right? Because there are times when I'm, let's say, going down a hill and I have my cruise control on, I am going to start going faster than what I've set my cruise control at, which was the speed limit. That's why I'm thinking of this as a real-world situation. Now, this professor in Queensland says the benefits of driverless cars will include removing drunk drivers from the road and improving safety, but he says more testing will be needed to prove that driverless cars are safe. And he still thinks the infiltration of driverless cars are going to be uh, a big deal. I think they're still going to be much slower than predicted yep. because of the overall negative feeling that so many people have about their safety and and riding in these cars. And I, I heard somebody just the other day, they were doing some story about it. He goes, I don't want to ride in that death trap. People are just still freaked out Yeah, if they don't have control or know somebody who's in control of the vehicle. And these opinions are reinforced by by that like fatal cr- collision they had in Arizona. That's all you need is one or two of these things to get in crashes, and, and all of a sudden people start freaking out. Stigma. Yep. That's all you need. Uh, by the way, did you see that the woman who was driving that, that Uber, the fatal Uber car, she was watching The Voice on Hulu on her phone? Why? Why did we I need know. that detail? She wa- that, But I just thought that was interesting. Would it have been more interesting if it was a different show? It would have been worse if she was w- watching, you know, porn or watching. What if she was watching? It would have been worse if she was watching porn. Now, what if she was watching like Knight Rider or The Simpsons? Be- but I was thinking Knight Rider because that was Kit, the original driving car, drove itself. There you go. That would have been more ironic. Very ironic. The Simpsons, <laughs> Family Guy, whatever. Cartoons. Yeah. Well, the market research company Ipsos, they did a survey that can uh, that covered 28 countries, and they found that 58% of people are unsure about driverless cars, but at the same time are also intrigued by them. Oh, okay. People in India, Malaysia, China are the most excited to use driverless cars because that's where you have horrible traffic, and there's also fewer people that can own cars at, in, in those places. And bad drivers, so anything must be better than the people currently Like in driving. Bangladesh, where yeah. they're having problems. Meanwhile, Germany, France, and uh, Americans are more likely to say that they would never, ever get in a driverless car, Mm. which is surprising. Good company for America, though. Yes. The Germans and the French. Uh, One of the main issues with the cars is that there's going to be a transition period, I think, where there's going to be fully autonomous cars. So until we get to that point, there's going to be a series of... Some autonomy coming to cars. You already have it That's in some cars. It. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this in the past, how cruise control was the first step towards autonomous vehicles. And, and really, you know, it's just a sliding scale that we'll get into over the next 30 years. And he thinks, really, this professor in Queensland really thinks that the driver's licenses are going to need to change 
Because if the car is uh, automated, uh, then there's really no need to have a quote-unquote licensed pa- a driver because you don't have licensed passengers in taxis, in Ubers, right? If you're being driven around, you don't need a license to operate the vehicle. The vehicle, I guess, in that case is operating itself, and that needs to have the license, right? Well, they're not going to give you, like, a sitting license, are they? But they would also, in an emergency situation, the passengers in these self-driving cars are going to need to know how to operate the cars in the emergency situation where, let's say, the equipment of some sort fails or the software fails. Uh, There's a crash uh, of the mechanism that makes it go, and and so you're going to... But if you're just some random jackball getting in the car from here to there across town you're not going to know how to operate that car so most of us yes basically like i mean almost nobody will know how to operate a car there are so many different these questions that that i'm um, i'm researching and it's it's fascinating to think about how it's going to work and it's got to be really really safe so all these people are talking about we're going to get into these self-driving cars in about two years not going to happen it's just not going to happen well, the Australian Transport and Infrastructure Council recently agreed there should be national laws in Australia about driverless cars, including determining who should be responsible for their operation. And other countries like here in the United States were doing the exact same thing. Well, there you go. There you have it. Um, and, Joseph, do you want to die while you're driving? No. Well, you do? No. I know you do. Uh, no. um, I can help you do I- that. <laughs> Is that Kill a yourself. What are yes, we doing? I watch it. If you want to die while you're driving, I can help you do that. Jesus, I can help you right now. Yeah, Jesus behind the wheel, because um, you're so uh, adamant about about dying behind the wheel. Uh, I have right here in my hands some information about the deadliest cars to drive right now. The Insurance Institute for Highway Safety they conduct these this research every year that that they determine which cars you can drive, are the deadliest on the roads. I just think my views of what I value in a vehicle are being misconstrued by Mr. Luber's statements right now. (laughs) This is based on the fatality and safety records of these vehicles. And from the lowest ranking to the highest, here is a list of the vehicles that proved to be the most fatal. So here you go. These are the ones you want to buy, Joseph. All right. The Chevy Suburban. (laughs) It's unfortunate that such an enormous SUV has such a bad road fatality record. Mm. I mean, that is a tank of a car. According to its IIHS record, the Chevy Suburban road carnage toll is about 60 driver deaths per million registrations. Is that what they called it, the road carnage toll? No, that's what I'm calling it. Okay. Just (laughs) clarifying. This involves both multi-car and single vehicle crashes for the Suburban, by the way. Okay. The Chevy HHR. I'm not sure exactly which kind of car that is. I guess it's that retro-styled, high-roofed, five-door passenger thing. Um, sta- I think it's a station wagon kind of thing. So you actually know exactly what kind of car Something it is. like that. Okay. I, I do you, Look it up. Okay. The HHR, Chevy. It's, it's ugly, and it will kill you if you drive it. How about that? Oh, wait, we Let, go. Let's just leave it at that. The Nissan Cube. I've seen those. Um, ranked number 10 on this list, and... Ranked among the most embarrassing cars from the last decade as well. I was going to say, that's a top two most embarrassing car. Yeah. And despite its ridiculous shape, based on the stats, the Cube stands at 66 driver deaths per million registrations. Ford Focus. This is one of several small four-door cars that are risky to be in during a crash. The Honda Civic as well. They've claimed the lives of drivers both in single and multi-car crashes. They have 76 deaths per million registrations. 
The Chevy Silverado pickup is the um, one few pickup on the list. Interesting. Yeah. No F-150. No, no F-150. Um, it's a four-wheel drive truck, and it's the deadliest of all the pickups you can drive, the Chevy Silverado. Uh, the Chevy Camaro, uh, GM's pride and joy, responsible for 80 deaths per million registrations, and it's worth noting that Camaros did not appear on previous lists. Interesting. Okay. Uh, there is then the Hyundai Accent Coupe in fifth place, responsible for 86 death per million registrations. The Chevy Aveo, uh, Avio, how do you say that? I think you nailed it. <laughs> There's a lot of Chevys and GMCs. I was going to say, it does feel like we're, we're seeing GM, GM here. Yeah, a lot of GM cars on this list. Uh, it's been a death machine for many years, apparently. It's been a super high 119 deaths per million registrations. Now, it might also might be because these are very popular vehicles. They're fairly inexpensive vehicles for some of them. Well, but because it's a per million type thing, right? We're, right? we're not so much beholden to how many of them are out there. We're just measuring how many per. And so, I don't know, I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued to see how many of these smaller vehicles are on there because we just did a whole piece about how the larger vehicles are more likely to be involved in fatal car vehicle versus pedestrian accidents right and most of these cars are cars and very few trucks or suvs anything like that uh number three is the hyundai accent sedan uh it's been a killer for 10 years and it claims 120 deaths per million vehicle registrations every year these blurbs are tremendous nissan versa small cars are more deadly than the large cars as we've been seeing here yeah uh the versa is no exception uh, number two, with 130 driver deaths per million registered vehicles, and the deadliest car you can drive if you choose to be so risky, the Kia Rio. Wow. The Kia Rio. I always knew ki- people who drive Kias are crazy, but this f- I feel like this confirms it. This does, because the Kia Rio is the, uh, it's mostly used as a rental car. Did you know that? It's, it's really used in rentals. It makes sense. Um, but it's also a lethal death machine. And that, <laughs> and I think you confirmed. should have... Yes, confirmed. I think you're, uh, you should use some extreme caution when driving these things. Because it's responsible for 149 deaths per million registered vehicles. That is way highest on the list. I mean, that's almost double the numbers we were hearing from like 6th and 7th place on the list. Yes, and you know what? Side crashes are a major problem with the Rio. Interesting. So they are not the safest one. So if you want to die in a car crash, get a uh, Rio, a Versa, an Accent, um, a Veo, Avio. Those are actually the names of my first four children. That would be perfect. Rio, Versa, Accent. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have the children first. And it doesn't matter if it's boy or girl. No, I don't. Th- I mean, do any of those names seem like they're specific to one gender? No, I think they. Rio can. is a great name. Rio. Uh, I I know Lisa Hidalgo wanted to name her kid if she had a boy. Cruz. That is a great name as Cruz well. Cruz Hidalgo. Cruz is not in in existence right now, as far as I know. Yet. Yet. It's funny because that reminds me. Anytime there's a news story, uh, so our, our our wonderful producer Deb Stanley, and I think the other producers do it too. But they always use, let's say, there's a road working crew that is out doing something. They say crews are doing this and crews are doing that. Yep. Right. Guilty. Uh, so I I I I always rewrite that always because I'm thinking 
Cruz working on the which one? Tom, Penelope, Ted, Ted, definitely Ted. Ted's one of the busiest men in America. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different cruises out there that cruise Hidalgo potentially. Cruise Hidalgo out there doing construction work on I-70. There you go. There you have it. It's a little producer tip for you. Don't use cruise. Don't use cruise. Uh, thanks again for being here and listening to this mess of a podcast. We appreciate your rating and reviewing and disliking us as, as much as we do. Mess is debatable. Uh, have, <laughs> until next time, I'm Jason Libra, the traffic guy. I'm cruise enthusiast Joseph Peters. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Happy motoring.